1: Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms.
0: Hello! Hello! How you doing? Oh, <laughs> was a Miss Doubtfire. Hello That's true. With, with the pie on her face. We
1: could literally set our well, boots on fire and wouldn't face. even wouldn't even feel it. What? I said we could like you know that that scene oh, in the kitchen yeah, yeah. where yeah. she like is literally <laughs> snuffing out her fake, fake, her boobs. fake boobs. That's mm-hmm. so that funny. could be us.
0: Oh my gosh. My kids have never seen that. We should probably watch that tonight. What? Yeah. That's wrong. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. There's that's... a lot of movies I feel like I watched growing up that they haven't seen. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miss
0: Doubtfire is like a classic. It is a classic.
1: All right. So first of all, I want... uh, So I have a question for you. Oh. So it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month this month. Uh How do you feel about Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Do you have feelings
0: about it? I mean, before I didn't. Like, I didn't really care. But now I feel like it's mixed. I get really excited about the fact that, like, everyone kind of wraps. I mean, okay. Oh my gosh, maybe this is multifocal. Um, I multifocal. get really. Now we're talking to like tumors. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, I get really excited that people like wrap their arms around the cause during this month. I get really annoyed at people who jack up their prices and say they're giving back to breast cancer when I'm like, I mean, let me see your check. And like, who are you giving it to? And is that organization reputable? So anyway, that's my other thing. And then the other thing is that I'm like, yeah, but, you know, people get breast cancer like literally every other month of the year. Oh, OK. So, yeah, yeah. that that's my that's my beef with it. Excitement with it. You know what? Whatever. It's it's nice that we get a whole month. I feel like people are burnt <laughs> out on breast cancer awareness.
1: Totally. I feel like I mean, and I'm burnt out on it. Like in regards of before I started Faith Through Fire, I thought like breast cancer has been so done. But at the end
0: of the day, it affects so many people. One in eight. Yeah. One in eight. You can't
1: ignore it. Like as much as I would like to say this is not, you know, because there are people with other cancers that are like, oh, breast cancer gets so much awareness Mm -hmm. compared to other cancers. I'm like, I agree with you, but it's because it impacts so many people.
0: And, you know, I have to remind myself, too, that people like to wrap their arms around a cause in a way that feels like attainable to them. And if dressing in pink is their way, it's their way.
1: So Breast Cancer Awareness Month for me is just like my overwhelming feeling about it is that it's geared toward prevention. Mm -hmm. And that always makes me feel a little bit protective of every survivor that's out there. That's out there because yeah. there's 3 million in the U.S. right now. And and the focus is on preventing this catastrophe for somebody else. But what about all the people that have already been impacted? Yeah. So for me, it always elicits this kind of response of we have so many people that need your care that have already mm-hmm. been diagnosed. Sure. But obviously, prevention is so important. It is. So today we're going to bring awareness to a topic that's not often brought up, which is breast cancer in men. Our guest today is Scott, who was diagnosed with breast cancer last spring, and we're going to talk to him about what prompted him to see a doctor. And then,
0: of course, I'm sure it's very different about how he felt when he got the news. Yeah, and what he wants other men to know about his experience. Before we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor.
1: Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. All right, we are back. Welcome, Scott. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I think it's really important to note, we're excited. We were talking about, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and we wanted to put a different spin on that by having you on and talking about breast cancer in men, mainly because less than 1% of men get breast cancer. It's like one in 1,000 in men, and you were that lucky guy. Most women...
2: I not lucky. I bought a lottery ticket that day and nothing happened. So <laughs> oh, well, shoot. Right
0: <laughs> that, that,
1: that's a bad day. A, a loser on the lottery ticket and breast but cancer. Man. So, so most women we talk to have felt a lump. Is that what happened to you?
2: Not even close.
1: Okay. How did you start to sense that something wasn't right?
2: It started last year. A very physical, very active guy, doing a lot of brush work, cleaning out a property for a club that I belong to hauling a lot of underbrush, things like that, got cut up and bleeding a little bit across my chest, my arms, normal stuff that guys do. Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it and it it stopped. It cleared up a little bit, but my nipple was bleeding. And I thought maybe I had just, you know, clipped it, nicked it, whatever. But uh, it continued to happen a little bit on and off through the summer last year And about in December, just after deer season, my wife was changing the sheets and she goes, what is with the blood on the sheet? And I didn't know what she was talking about. I looked. And it was where my where I lay in bed, hmm. and I grabbed my right breast, and I had a clear, bloody liquid mm. uh, come out through my nipple, and I was, ah, this isn't right.
0: Yeah, that's got how that's of, how I found mine too. It, that's interesting. And I had my bloody doctor, nipple and
2: it yeah. started from there.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So it's interesting because when you and I were talking offline, you had said from the time that your nipple first started bleeding to the time you actually got a biopsy, it was about a year, right? You, you, you kind of sensed something was wrong in the spring and then you thought it was from your active lifestyle. You kind of put it off. And then when you found the bloody sheet, your wife kind of prompted you to see the doctor, but then And I think that's so important to say because life gets so busy and Mm -hmm. and people have things going on and and we're all prone to kind of pushing things to the background. Mm -hmm. So when she found the bloody sheets and she prompted you to see the doctor, you did. And they said, maybe we should do a biopsy. But around that same time, your wife was scheduled for a a knee surgery, right? So you kind of put it off until she got through that. that. Is that accurate?
2: Right. What we did is I talked to my doctor end of December, December 28th. And they wanted to schedule me for a mammogram. Well, my wife had a mammogram scheduled also. So I asked if they had a couple suite. you know, do <laughs> <put> aside, <just laughs> the
0: count.
1: couple that gets squeezed together, stays together. Yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: You know, and they laughed. But uh, we went in January 7th and we each had our mammogram.
1: Okay. And, and that's the, that's when they saw something.
2: Yep. Then they wanted, to recommended the core biopsy and we put that off because of her knee replacement surgery.
1: Okay. Gotcha. 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 So you went through the standard thing, a mammogram, then an ultrasound, then the suggestion of a biopsy. And then you waited until your wife's surgery was over and then you had the biopsy. Were you, were you concerned when you had the biopsy or did you really think it was going to be nothing?
2: I'm seven foot tall and bulletproof. You know, I didn't think anything of it. I thought everything was going to be fine. You know, I'm just going through the paces, sure. making sure things are good. Guys don't get breast cancer. Right, you know, yeah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, when I got the call, it was really kind of messed up how it all happened. My regular doctor's office called me, and I was in a meeting at the club with a bunch of people, and they said, Scott, hi, this is Dr. So-and-so. We want to schedule for an emergency surgical consult for your cancer.
0: Oh, that's oh, how man. you found out?
2: Bomb. And Drop. I, I said, excuse me? They said, yeah, we emergency surgical consult." And I said, what are we talking about? Your, your breast cancer. Wow. That's how I found out. Wow, <laughs> wow that's not uh,
1: traumatic at all. Right. No, not at all. That
2: was on a Friday afternoon. Uh, uh-huh. Monday, the bre- my navigator called me from the breast cancer center and said, hey, we've got your results. I said, yeah, I know. I heard. I have an emergency <laughs> consult scheduled tomorrow morning already. Yeah. And oh. she was like wait what it was a communication gap that had happened there but it was just an oh crap moment for sure
0: oh 100 yeah
1: we've had a we've had quite a few stories of people finding out they have cancer in various ways and most of the time they get it right but occasionally not so much i'd say you fall into that category for sure yeah well before we kind of talk about how you felt hearing this news Mm -hmm. let's do boobs in the news you want to do boobs in the news with us scott sure Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories.
0: Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News.
1: All right. So here, I, I found this one. This was a Reddit thread. You guys ever read the read <laughs> no, the Reddit threads? Eric
0: does on the toilet. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. that it's, it's TMI toilet, TMI toilet, toilet redditor. That's,
2: that's Ho- hopefully okay. no video involved. Yeah right.
0: No, yeah.
1: Okay, so this is a Reddit thread, and basically the question was, what were the stupid
0: rules that they used to have at your school, like when you were a kid? Oh, Did you ever have
1: like rules at your school that were done? Yeah, but
0: I think they still have it, like the shorts as long as your fingertips. And I'm like, my arms are super long, my shorts are gonna be to my knees, like, oh uh, uh, yeah, or yeah. the spaghetti strap tank tops. Yeah, yeah they
1: do still have some rules but yeah. this is supposed this was people that basically kind of wrote in about the rules that their school had and i thought some of these were kind of funny so the <laughs> here's one in middle school we had a one-way hallway system so students could only walk in the halls in one direction oh um, had it had yeah. it yeah. yeah you had that i had that what we Yeah, did too yeah why? I don't even understand this concept. They were talking about like this person that wrote in said that they were late like several times because they couldn't walk the hall because they were yeah. going the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know why. Ours I, was I, because we had
2: a ours was because we had a blind teacher and it made it easier oh, for her.
0: Okay, well that's, oh, that's legit. a good reason.
2: Yeah, that's
0: legit. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna excuse Scott's. School. I mean, quite honestly, I think it it's like sets you up nicely. You know, there's roads that are one way. You just gotta I plan mean... to be. You know, proactive that does not about se- how you
1: that does not seem efficient. I mean, are they worried about I, I just I'm I'm wondering what the concern is. So yeah. here's one that's not all that uncommon. Hair couldn't be extreme, colored or past the earlobes for the guy, as it would be considered a distraction to others. Now I will tell you this, that my son's school has a rule about the boy's hair not touching their collar. Uh And my son was growing his hair out a little bit. And Uh so he was approaching the threshold. And he came home and he's like, Mom, my hair's getting too long. Like they said, I need to trim it, which I kind of was like,
0: that's interesting. I mean, he (laughs) did
1: need a haircut. It was a it was in a bad way. He was definitely going to mullet town, but (laughs) (laughs) it was just kind of interesting. Here's one. Buses were not allowed to to depart at the end of the school day until the flag on the flagpole outside the main entrance had been taken down and put away. And if somebody forgot, all the buses would sit there idling as long as it would take to get it dealt with. Interesting. In primary school, we weren't allowed to use erasers. We were never told why. Like pencil erasers? No, like the... Well, I don't know. Or Yeah, a... I guess erasers. Huh. I don't know. Huh. They didn't specify. It said, <laughs> in grade school, we were told we couldn't use spoons. And it said... This guy responds, I'm an adult. You can tell because I'm enjoying my soup with a fork and a knife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the boys weren't allowed to have doors on the stalls of the bathroom because the school said that they would ruin them. <laughs> so, no privacy. We didn't have
2: them.
0: <laughs> no privacy. You don't have doors? No. Not even on like the toilet stall?
2: It, it, well, there's no such thing as a door at a urinal, but no, not on the stalls at all.
0: Nope. Oh my gosh. Well, no privacy. All right, here's one last one. This, I'm
1: only going to read this because it's pertinent to my kid's school again. It says, in the elementary school, we couldn't kick a ball at recess because the school was afraid we would kick the balls to the top of the building. So my kid's school recently had a situation where they were not allowing the kids to play mm-hmm. games at recess, like soccer, uh-huh. because a little girl had fallen and like broke her wrist or something. And so they were worried about an injury. So they just basically were like, you can't play you can't play games like you can't play what? ball like you couldn't that is play what recess is I... for I... everybody kind of like was yeah. everybody kind of pitched wow. a fit and and they retracted it yeah but for a minute there my kids were like recess is so boring we can't even play and i go what do you mean you can't play and they're like yeah we can't play with our balls Would
0: We, <laughs> i, I like... mean people break bones it's unfortunate and sad but don't take everyone's I games know. away they, they, they ended it. up fixing it <laughs> but... <can't> they
2: <laughs> If they can't burn off that extra energy, give them three bags of Skittles during recess. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that's just mean to the parents. <laughs> All right, or the so, teachers. Yeah. There's <laughs> your boobs in the news.
2: Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news.
1: All right, so Scott, we're back. You get the call. How did how did you feel hearing that you had breast
2: cancer? Disbelief at first. It was, it was a sucker punch. I I couldn't believe it absolutely didn't think it was gonna happen. Thought, you know, everything's gonna be fine. There's there's no way. Like you said, one percent of guys or one percent of cancers are are men. And it was just unbelievable. Came home and told my wife and we both just sat there, cried a little bit, prayed a little mm-hmm. bit, just disbelief.
1: Now, not everybody, but some people, and I think I felt this way, felt shame when they were diagnosed. Like, I felt a little shame when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, mainly because I felt like it was unfair to my family that this Mm -hmm. happened and that I was going to be a burden to them. Did you have any feelings of shame wrapped around being diagnosed with breast cancer, especially as a man? Was there any of that for you?
2: My first thoughts went to, I had a cousin who who died from breast cancer, Mm -hmm. was what she went through and could this be a possibility? Not knowing you know, how far my diagnosis was going, or anything. Mm-hmm. but just knowing what her life was like after that mm-hmm. and just that concern. And I reached out to my cousin, her brother, who just went through a throat cancer scare and started talking with him quite a bit.
1: Okay. So you immediately reached out for support. Like you kind of gravitated toward the people you knew that understood what exactly. this felt like.
2: Yeah. yeah, and my wife is a breast cancer survivor as well. Yeah, so, I was going to you
1: know, get I was going to get to that cuz that's crazy. So your wife already went through all this. I don't know what the extent of her treatment was. Did did she have to go through the whole shebang?
2: Yeah, she had radiation.
1: So you and your wife are now sharing this experience. What stage and type of breast cancer did you have?
2: We found out it was stage 1 okay. and it was all hormone based. Mm-hmm. So it just It went from there. We didn't know what it was or anything until we started getting into everything. But once we had the mammogram and they recommended the biopsy, unfortunately, with her surgery, there was a waiting period to try to find this stuff out. Mm -hmm. So it was a a big question as far as what it was. And that's when I really tried reaching out to find a guy to talk to. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
2: as you said, I've got a, a great support system. You know, my cousin, my wife, we've got a friend who had a mastectomy, you know, talked with her quite a bit. And I just felt the deep need to talk to a guy going into this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You all definitely pl- want to talk to somebody who gets it, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it's, I don't want to, you know, say anything bad about anybody or, but it's, we're all built the same. The plumbing is the same. It's just that guys don't produce the milk or things like that. I'm not an expert, but, yeah. you know, all the, all the duct work is the same. All the plumbing is the same. But I just had questions that I wanted to ask a guy that I didn't feel comfortable talking to a gal about, even my wife, even mm-hmm. my best friend's wife, my cousin, you know. Yeah. I just wanted to talk to a guy. Yeah. And that's what my started. You know, through Reddit, through Google, uh, Facebook.
1: Was, was your doctor or the nurses that were affiliated with your care, Did they were they able to put you in touch with another survivor that was male or no?
2: None whatsoever. Mm. Okay.
1: Okay. This is through Grand
2: Rapids, University of Michigan, Chicago, Detroit. They couldn't, they never had a guy that wanted to be a mentor or mm. had anything like that. has so, been, uh, been working with a breast center for over 20 years. And that was his, I think he said, sixth male patient. Yeah. And that's all he does.
1: Interesting. So it was difficult for you to find support in that way. That's, the, I mean, it's not surprising to me, but I think, mm. I think fortunately we're at a period of time, you know, that, that that's changing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think like everything, you know, advocacy is getting louder for patients of all different, you know, uh, all different kinds. So what was your treatment plan like?
2: It was basically, just had to go through lymphedema, not surgery, but treatments and everything. They got all my cancer. I was very fortunate how everything went. Mm -hmm. They only had to take two lymph nodes, had the mastectomy. They, everything was encapsulated. They got everything All the surrounding tissue was great. I even had the gene testing done. They sent it out to California and they test for everything that you can imagine. So I knew if I had the opportunity to pass it on to my kids, Mm -hmm. even did that testing, that came back negative. I had the best outcomes that you could have.
1: So you didn't need radiation or chemotherapy?
2: I did not. Okay, I am okay. very fortunate and blessed with that.
0: Sure. Since it was, you said it was hormone receptor positive cancer for male. Do you do the after the tamoxifen, the tamoxifen, or the hormone blockers?
2: Oh yeah, I'm doing the tamoxifen.
0: Okay.
1: And how's that going? Because a lot of uh, this are, sucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to sugarcoat it yeah. for you, folks. Yeah. I mean, most women don't don't care for it either. So I was just yeah. curious how that how that translates it's, for it's you. That's right.
2: It's not terrible it, it's not but I can definitely tell I've been talking with my uh, my cancer doctor I just had a visit with her a couple of weeks ago and she goes how's it going I said well I have never watched a movie and had to grab a Kleenex because I was tearing up now I do yeah uh, yeah a little bit of mood swings a little bit not dark moods or you know anger issues or anything like that but I can tell something's a little off mm-hmm. just those type of things and she goes yeah that's the pill
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you and your wife both sleep like with the house freezing now? Because that's that's what happened (laughs) when I was on when I was on hormone blockers. It's like it was an igloo in my house in order for me to sleep comfortably. I couldn't snuggle with my husband now that I'm not on them anymore. It's like back to normal. But do you guys sleep in a cold house?
2: (laughs) I've always been that way. We live in West Michigan, right along Lake
0: Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: I, yeah. I I have no heat in the bedroom, and my bedroom window's open about four
0: inches. Oh my
2: gosh!
0: Igloo <laughs> yeah, <grew> room.
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm one of those.
1: I I do the same thing. I my kids have been begging to like close up the house and i'm like no No. i love the windows open i have a fan pointed on my face it's Mm -hmm. just so comforting i love sleeping like that well before we kind of get to like where you're at in your journey and what you're hoping to do for other men let's hear from our second sponsor innsbruck resort is a proud sponsor
0: of the faith through fire respite house and the besties with breasties podcast we know you work hard but at innsbruck we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit innsbruck-resort.com.
1: And we're back. So Scott, you mentioned that it was hard for you to find other men to talk to that have been through breast cancer. You recently signed on with Faith Through Fire to be a survivor mentor. What do you hope to accomplish by being an advocate and being somebody that other men can talk to?
2: I'm hoping that if there are guys out there that want to talk to guys with guys' questions leading up to the surgery, all those questions, concerns, I'll, I'll say it, fears, that I can hopefully I can help guide them through that that struggle and that journey and help them, if nothing else, be a sounding board for them and help talk to them through it in a safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, just guy to guy. Yeah, That's yeah. That was my biggest struggle that I had. I did find two groups, one in Australia that had one person in it, a group of 26 in the United Kingdom. So I joined that group and they were ecstatic that I was number 27 of the group. And it was for men only. It was all the wives who had, had cancer and their husbands had but none of the husbands wanted anything to do with it. So they were also a great support for me. I finally became a keyboard warrior with them and just asked point blank questions. And they wanted to, you know, I I was concerned what it was going to look like, how I would feel, what, what, what they offered to send pictures. And I told them, I said, let's turn this into a non-boob picture show here. This is just, let's not go there. Yeah. But they were fantastic and answered every question I had. The only disappointment I had was after surgery, and I told them this, was that no one told me about peeing blue for the next day.
1: Oh, uh, Scott, you're going to have to clue us in on that yeah, because well, I, have not, I, did, I didn't pee blue. I was going to say,
0: I didn't, well, didn't either. It was, no. it
2: was from the dyes that they put in for the lymph nodes.
0: Oh, test lymph nodes. oh you know what? Maybe that did happen. That's funny the, it's funny what you forget. the sentinel lymph node, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody
2: told me it was going to be Papa Smurf for a little while. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, if that's,
1: if that was the biggest issue from surgery, I guess that's not terrible. Yeah, for sure.
2: The the other one was, I told him how disappointed I was that nobody told me how difficult it was going to be to take the tape off the hair on my chest. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, That's,
1: that's a legit, (laughs) that's legit. That probably did not feel so good. Yeah. See, these are all the little things, men. If you're listening out there and you're feeling like you're the only one, you're not, we're going to get the word out that we've got Uh male mentors and that they're here for you and that you're not alone in this so totally we really appreciate you being on scott and sharing your experience we're excited to have you on board at faith through fire and yeah let's get some men
0: some support shall we and for breast cancer in the united states yeah, clearly it's it's together in the other countries. And what we're, we're, oh, we're lagging behind. We're
1: We're going to fix that. Yeah. Th- thanks so much. Let's do Scott. This. All right. Thank
2: you for having me. Of course. Good luck. And let's see what we can do.
1: That's right. Until next time, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Brusties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on com, And don't forget to leave a five star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmas, audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies.